Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story. Can you believe it? There was a an ISIS attack on the airport in Kabul. An ISIS-K attack, right? Oh, right, right. The new version of ISIS. Really like shocking the story. the of ISIS? I don't know. All I know is they say this is the more radical version of ISIS. You didn't catch my joke. Is it, say the it comern- again? is it the comernity of ISIS? Oh, yes. I just realized what comernity was. It's the new. Yes, it's the new vaccine of ISIS. The new I, name. I have to say, I felt very like as soon as I heard this thing, I didn't even really pay attention to it. Um, <laughs> and it, and I heard there's like a, 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 an attack on the airport in Kabul where people were trying to get out and Americans, you know, I assume Americans were hurt or whatever. And I thought, oh, crap, like I meant to predict that. But like it didn't even rise to the level. You know what I mean? Like I just thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I felt gratified when you were just like, yeah. When I saw <laughs> it at first and not to minimize any real thing that might have. Oh, happened no, people, people get hurt. Like yeah. I, I, I'm very numb now, as you could tell when I was so rude about Charlie Watts's death, like I'm totally numb to people to like tragedy constant tragedy of people i don't know like i can't even conjure up sympathy anymore so but yes there people really get hurt and in normal times it would be like i'd be outraged that people really get hurt when we create these these it's a moral hazard we create these dangers I saw that story and I just kind of rolled my eyes because I was like, oh, yes, of course. It wasn't. Yeah, of course. Right. It was just expected that that was going to happen. Yeah, I meant to predict that. (laughs) But it was dominated by it's dominating the news regardless. And of course. So what they're saying is they're they're telling us right now that 12 U.S. servicemen and 13 Afghans were killed. Oh, in really? Oh, see, I didn't even... bombing. That's what they're saying. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was where because, you know, they have to put Americans in danger and then actually hurt them in order to justify uh-huh. the reinvasion or whatever it's going to amount to. Yeah. And. I don't always believe stories I see in the news. Obviously, yeah. you don't either. And yeah. especially a story like this, not not this one specifically, but just the whole Afghanistan thing altogether, because we've already seen a number of photographs, a number of videos that were said to be examples of all the bad stuff going on in Afghanistan or all the desperation, people trying to escape that turned out to be videos from two years ago, from five years ago, from 20 years ago. In one case, we're already seeing lots of propaganda when it comes to the imagery of it. So then we see this. So I'm sympathetic there, to anything any that actually that- happened. American soldiers did not get killed. And I'm not I'm not taking the normal distinction view like, well, it was Americans, but there there that is definitely something that, you know, will escalate more than if it weren't. Yeah, I don't know because right. of okay. all of the imagery and yeah. all of the debunks and the problems we've had in the reporting. Anything that actually happened, I, I'm sympathetic to. I don't like killing. I don't like murder. I don't like war. I think it's bad that humans are killing other humans. But I want to give you an example of the reporting that is a perfect illustration of why it's difficult to believe some of these stories, why we don't trust the media. So I'm watching an ABC report, and the anchor, he's talking about the bombing. He's describing the attack, and he's about to show viewers the video of the aftermath. Now, they always do this. Before they show the video, they issue a warning. They say, we're, what, what we're about to show you is disturbing. And he said, there's bloodied, dead bodies, dead children, really emphasizing that. Then, 
he shows the horrific scene, he puts it up on the screen, and you can't see anything at all because the entire video is fuzzied out. So he had prepped us to see this horrific image video of dead children, and then the entire thing is fuzzied out. And then he says, even though it's difficult to see, there are dead children and the images are gruesome. So he doubles down on that claim. Then he How brings does he know? I guess he saw the unfuzzied oh, out version. At least that's what he's claiming. <laughs> then he brings on a guest, and that guest is looking at the unfuzzied out version on her cell phone. So she's seeing the true raw video. Wow. And the first thing that she says is that there are dead bodies, but there are no children that are on the scene reported dead. So she immediately contradicts his emphasis. Did she emphasis. hear him say that? I don't know. I'm thinking maybe she didn't. I'm thinking she would just was brought in and she undermined his she dead children, dead memo. children thing. And it brings us to that story of, you saw them passing the baby, the story of people passing the baby up to American soldiers in an attempt to get their baby out of Afghanistan. This was a major story last week. And you see an image of a soldier, an American soldier, reaching down and grabbing a baby and pulling a baby up over the wall, right? So that is what you see. It's a it's a definite handoff that you see. This became reported over the course of the next week as we've all seen the images of the babies being thrown over the walls, being <laughs> tossed over the walls. Just no, nobody saw those images because that's not what was on there. But it's a handoff. And then all of a sudden, it's dozens of babies being catapulted and punted over the walls, hoping to land into the arms of an American soldier and, for safety. I mean, I was totally checked out last week, so I did not see that. Did you see the actual image? I saw the video of the baby being did passed it, over the wall. Did it look kind of stagey? I don't. It looked like a natural it, image. It, I don't know when like it was. Somebody really, really thought that one up good. That looked like it really did happen, but. Nobody actually reported it as it happened, which it was a handoff, but I don't know what year it was. I don't know where it actually was. I just know I was told it was Afghanistan, and the reasoning for it was to get the baby to safety. So, with that said, I want to talk about a little bit of predictive programming. I don't know if you want to get comments out about your thoughts on Afghanistan first, or if you want to hear some of the predictive programming. No, I want to hear the predictive program because I, you know, the thing with Afghanistan, like I just couldn't go down that road because I feel like it's a big distraction or a big psyop all along. Like I try to avoid the, you know, when you're, when you go to a magic show, like I never, ever watch (laughs) like what's, you know, I always try to look off to the side and I just want to get just a slightly different angle to see. And I feel like the Afghan thing is the magic show. And I mean, it could be the three and a half trillion dollar quote, human infrastructure bill. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about that later. But like, I, you know, there's some I'm trying to figure out what it could be that the FDA approval papers that have a three year ongoing study for myocarditis and pericarditis. Like it yeah. could be that it could be that they warn of varied vaccine enhanced respiratory disease. Like it yeah. could be all that. So so I'm just going to I only think one of us needs to cover this the main stage it's interesting you say the the magic reference there's a book that was written with Mulholland I think was a magician's name and he he worked with the CIA and he taught the CIA how to do magic stuff magic is all about telling a story a narrative to engage the audience so that they don't see what the other hand is doing and a very perfect way to oh, describe oh that's funny no I did not realize right quite exactly I was literally thinking of a magic show I was at <laughs> 
Well, we're watching. It just literally reminded me of that of a magic show. So we talked before, probably about a year ago. I think even maybe even a little bit before we got off of WSB about Homeland, the television show, because Homeland. This was on Showtime was known to be predictive and it would do a storyline and then that storyline would kind of play out usually kind of around Trump and Russia and <laughs> I did a little research on it and it turns out that basically the CIA was writing the scripts for Homeland entirely starting from season <laughs> three and wow. this is admitted in interviews with the actors and actresses the director the producers what they would do is during the when they weren't filming after the season was over before the next one started they would go to a CIA camp it would bring the director they would bring the writer they would bring some of the actors and the CIA would tell them the plot lines to the point of where starting at season three one of the I think the, the director or producer said that the writers would just show up at Langley with a blank notebook and a pen and the CIA would tell them their, what the plot lines were going to be. They, they have wrote the entire thing starting from three going to season eight. That's the sense you get. That, you know, that probably is what, I mean, I can't say probably, but I remember seeing, the, remember the pilot episode of Lone Gunman, the X-Files spinoff? Yeah. Where they literally was like hijackers or something crashing planes into the World Trade Center. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And it was six months before 9-11. And I saw an interview, just a little article from one of the authors. And he said, like, I was worried that we were the ones who gave those guys the idea. But I, I was assured that that wasn't the case. And I was like, yes, I, I, I can <laughs> I can assure you that is not the case. <laughs> Didn't Bush say at one point nobody had ever thought of flying a plane into a building before? Like, Didn't you see that episode of The Little Gunman? Exactly. And also, yes. And of course, like those buildings were actually built to withstand that exact thing, like down to the airplane body type and it actually happened to the empire state building but, <laughs> yeah you know, right yeah. whatever yeah <laughs> so homeland i decided to go back and look at it because we originally talked about it in the context of trump because the show it was filmed in 2019 it started or season eight was filmed starting in february of 2019 and then it aired starting in february of 2020 so it was is when trump was talking about pulling out of afghanistan we were kind of wondering if this was going to be predictive with some of that. And there was a little bit there, but it wasn't a whole lot. I decided to come back and look at it again to see if maybe it was more predictive to what's going on now. And it seems like it could be. So here are some of the highlights from season eight and storylines from season eight. That so this is when we thought it was going to be all about Russian collusion. Yes. But there were other elements that you now think were the more important ones. I think so, yes. Okay, so everybody had their eye on Russian collusion, but really it was the other stuff. Yeah, I think Russia might have a little bit of involvement, but... Oh, Russia some just evacuated Afghanistan, I happen to notice. I noticed or, that as well. Isn't Russia doing it too now? Yeah. Everybody's doing it. Well, Russia and China are going to take advantage of it, but there's some interesting storylines that might as well be right out of some of the headlines I've been reading the past two weeks. Here are a couple of them. One of the main storylines of season eight of Homeland is that just as the U.S. is finally pulling troops out of Afghanistan, ending the 20-year war, the effort is put in jeopardy by what appears to be a terror attack near, near Kabul that kills Americans. That's pretty on point. No way. 
Yeah, that's the, one of the main storylines mm-hmm. there. They must have been anticipating that, you know, there had to be an end to the Afghan situation, I guess, at some point, or at least pretend like there is so they can double up or I don't know what. But Michael Shorier did say that we'd be in Afghanistan for 10 years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. And then it would fall again to the Taliban. So I think that was pretty much in the script from the beginning. I think so. And since we know the CIA provided the script, it makes (laughs) sense that in that storyline, or, yeah, in that storyline, there were CIA and NSA operatives negotiating with the Taliban and conducting extraction operations of people who were basically held hostage there. Now, what are we seeing now? I see a story yesterday about the CIA working with the Taliban, negotiating, conducting <laughs> extraction operations. <laughs> Same thing. Wow. And we also had a storyline that, in- that included... This is in Homeland again. I, I want to make sure I'm clarifying what's Homeland and what's happening this week in the news so that it doesn't get too confused. Storyline included competing factions among the Taliban, those who wanted to end the war and make peace and rule as moderates, and the radical members of the Taliban who wanted to continue the fighting and who wanted to sabotage the effort. I've seen multiple stories this week about the two Taliban's. The ones that want to be moderate, the ones that want to be legitimized to, on the world stage, and the ones that want to continue. Kind of like you brought up yesterday, we haven't trained our soldiers yet to respect women. So the rebels that are still more radicalized, kind of similar there. And <laughs> it also kind of mirrors the ISIS thing, the moderate ISIS, whatever that is. And oh, wait. ISIS-K. There's a moderate ISIS? Well, now there is because we have ISIS-K. So ISIS-K so, creates, people, makes the other one moderate. I, I, this is something that maybe is... A good reminder. So everybody like Flynn is a little bit of a hero, right? A little bit of a Trump Q hero thing. Yeah. Right. He was the guy who was head of the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency in 2012 when and I read this in the Levant report, I think it was called. It was a leaked document for whatever strategic reason, but it talked about how what they needed was an Islamic state to emerge on the border of Syria and Iraq to give them an excuse to invade Syria. And I believe at some point it said, and that's just what ISIS could be for us or something like that. Like, you know, I, I don't think it even, I'm not even sure it said that. No, it's, it said something like that's just what we need. And then, then like very shortly thereafter, we got ISIS, which is why, whatever. I don't believe it. But like Flynn was that guy. Like the deepest of deep state God, <laughs> yeah. you know? So ISIS is us, yeah. and ISIS K is probably us K, and <laughs> <laughs> K for Kabul. Yeah. Ah, so great. Okay, so Graham Fuller also was the CIA chief in Kabul, Afghanistan. Do you know, do you remember who Graham Fuller is? No. Graham Fuller is Ruslan Sarnayev's former father in law. Do you know who Ruslan Sarnayev is? Is that the Boston bombing guy? He's the uncle of the Boston bombing, Boston Marathon bombing suspects. Interesting. Convicted, I guess, now. But yeah. So that guy was in the That's weird. That's definitely a little weird. (laughs) It's a little weird. Yes, Samantha Fuller Sarnayev. hmm. They probably lived in Kabul. Probably. They might be involved, right? Maybe they're over there right now. You never know. They said it would be really great to radicalize Islam in, cent- in uh, 
in Central Asia, just like they did in the Middle East, because that's where the oil oil flows were kind of migrating towards like the Afghanistan, not not oil in Afghanistan, but like they were trying to destabilize that region. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> so here's one of the headlines. This, I, I wrote this line and I thought that I was writing it about the other, but I realized it's almost the same as the plot line. It's so similar that I didn't distinguish between the two. But an actual headline from today is the CIA has launched clandestine operations to rescue Americans in and outside Kabul in recent days. And then it goes on to talk about the extraction operations, which okay. is... We did the- have... Okay, so... Okay, now I, I am piecing together a little something. So we had like 20 years to kind of figure this out. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous that they have to say... It's just because Trump is a loose cannon that he's doing. I mean, it's just because Biden is like on Alzheimer's that he's doing it this stupid way. It's not. It's because the dictator in control of everything who's got autocratic power over this is incompetent. Yeah. It's the Trump-Biden incompetence continuum. Yes. Yes. Because it's preposterous that we completely bitch slap this country for 20 years and we have to have a CIA clan de- you know what I mean we occupied this country first you get the civilians out then you get the like non-combatant military guys out then you have like the marine guys running backwards with machine guns like I've seen the movie like that's how you do it <laughs> you know yeah you know the babies go first Right. You know, I don't know. I should go back and watch and see who they extracted first on Homeland. It might be a little predictive here. There were also Russian operatives that were working behind the scenes to take advantage of the new crisis situation against U.S. interests. This is both on Homeland and both in the headlines this week. And there's hostages taken then. Now, I don't know if there's hostages taken here, but I've heard the people there be called hostages by the media. And I'm wondering if there's going to be any prominent soldier hostages that arise I'm very, I just want to clarify something. I'm very intentionally laughing at this because it's pretty, if you don't laugh about what they're doing to us, you're going to cry. Like it's from the, from the FDA stuff to the propaganda to the, um, you know, it's just what we have a pathocracy. It is working against us. It is our government empowered by our rights, simply by an extension of our rights to self-defense. That is the only power the government has. And they are using it against us on every level, mental, emotional, psychological, physical, biological, chemical. And I'm not for one minute going to try to act like what they're doing is inherently valid in any way. What it is, is criminal. What they're doing is criminal. And they set this up and you can quibble about one action or another action. But when you create the circumstances that your only reaction is going to escalate a war or or give justification for some policy you wanted beforehand, like, you know, we can't fight it, but I can't I don't have to 
I don't have to give that give it the weight of gravitas like they want. This atrocity propaganda is meant to give. And it. that's what it is. There's a lot of atrocity propaganda. That doesn't mean that real things don't happen. But there is. It's hard to distinguish. Well, because it's a propaganda of the deed. Mm-hmm. Which is an actual act of terror. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, they really they 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 will hurt people. Now here's the final parallel. I don't know if it's a parallel. This will be more predictive, and I hope it is not predictive. But ultimately, in season eight of Homeland. Things de-escalated into a nuclear standoff between the U.S. and Pakistan. Oh, that's so interesting. Listen to headlines today. Pakistan engineered Taliban return to Kabul, says U.S. experts. Pakistan to expect new U.S. chasm as Taliban win. Frosty U.S.-Pakistan relations complicate efforts to keep terror at bay in Taliban's Afghanistan. Do you remember what I said the other day when I was like, I don't 100% know what's going on with Afghanistan, but I digged, dug out my old Bergdahl notes. Yes. The new Middle East is going to have Pashtunistan, which is basically probably the Taliban, the Haqqani network, ruling a chunk of Afghanistan and a chunk of Pakistan that will be taken off those countries and kind of stitched together. Yeah. It's very interesting, the parallels, and come to think of it, any of these programs that are widely viewed, the influence and the messages that are going to be embedded within them are not something to be ignored, I think. I think there's oftentimes, especially if there's a wide viewership, going to be some predictive programming. And you can just see nowadays with how the propaganda works with the vaccines and stuff, like you can just tell people like you have a a study where 74 percent of the sick people were fully vaccinated and they'll use that for a mask mandate. But no one will ever reference it when they're talking about the vaccines themselves. What you see is. That they can. Do things right before your eyes, predictive programming down to the plane and the exact actual buildings being attacked six months before the event. And still. People, it serves much, much more. I mean, it's like your classic limited hangout. It serves much more of a purpose for carving those pathways out. Predictive programming has a value. The value is that it makes it feel true when it actually happens. Yeah, it feels experiential. It feels consistent with your understanding of the world and and no no, like side by side comparison. People will just say that's a coincidence. Coincidences do happen. I mean, they just they're like, this seems plausible to me. Maybe they did it in the first place because it was so plausible. Yeah, it's creating it's establishing the plausibility with the predictive program. That's that's a brilliant point. And of course, the next step is the the enhanced reality stuff. Right, where it will be your experience. Will be your per, it'll be a memory. I remember when this happened the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now it's going to be hard to distinguish between the t- TV show and the the reality TV show that we're seeing. Dude, I have to say one hopeful thing though. I was listening to the Higher Side Chats the other day, my favorite podcast, other than this one, and all the uh, actually my favorite are the deep dives that you personally customized to my (laughs) tastes. Thank you. Um, But he had Pam Popper on who she's just like one of those. I don't know if she's an American's frontline doctors or whatever, but she's in that continuum. And what she's doing, these like Thursday meetings and stuff, she's doing stuff. I hadn't, I highly recommend people listen to that. 
she gave me hope. Like she was, she was breathing fire. Like this chick really gave me hope. Like I'm not taking it anymore. Like, like the, that these people on the white house task force of the coronavirus thing are, are like, they're killers basically. And I mean, she used way stronger language than that. And I just feel like, I think people are ready. Like this stuff is just pissing me off at this point. Yeah, I think people are ready too. And oh, about after if, we we do the for the last story, I got a number of stories that I think are hopeful. Oh, that would be great. And let me just say, if anybody does one of those Thursday meetings in anywhere near, in Southern California, you know my email address: the Propaganda Report Podcast at Gmail dot com. I can get a posse together. She says we need to start our own individually, but if anyone wants to invite me to one, I'd like to go. And these are online, uh, huh? You can see these no, online. Like, no, somebody has to email me. They have it. It's personal. Okay. Which is awesome. I, I would like to know more. That was like my favorite line from Starship Troopers. Would you like to know more? Of course. I would like to know more. <laughs> All right. Before we get to our final story of the Free 30, which is going to be about how the attempt to implement these mandates nationwide is failing. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is how a New York City university is attempting to gain ESG cred by turning their mascot into a genderless social justice warrior. I'd also like to thank the sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science. TrueHempScience.com, your CBD experts. What makes True Hemp Science different is that they create handcrafted, full-spectrum CBD products by sourcing the highest-grade hemp from around the world. My personal favorite is their Acapulco Gold Lotion with Hemp Extract. Feels good. It smells good. It soothes. I have to prevent my friend from stealing it from me because it is so good. Their t-shirts are also fantastic. Every time I wear their t-shirt, somebody says, hey man, cool shirt because it is a cool shirt. It looks good. It feels good and it fits good. The best part about True Hemp Science is their expertise, knowledge, and they're willing to part that expertise and knowledge to help you find the products that you need. So go to truehempscience.com slash prop report. Use the coupon code prop code all caps on your checkout, and you will get a discount. Check them out, truehempscience.com. Also, if you have not yet, check us out on Rockfin at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is an emerging new video platform. For $9.99 a month, you get not only our content, our premium content, you get the premium content of every creator on the platform. It includes people like Sam Tripoli, The Mad Ones, Scott Adams. Lots of great content on there, and the benefit is that they aren't going to censor us. So behind that paywall is the security of the content is not going to disappear. So a lot of the stuff that you can't find on YouTube, you're going to find on Rockfin. So check it out right now. Make sure you sign up through our page. That is rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We just dropped a episode a couple of days ago about the Center for Countering Digital Hate, who feeds Joe Biden, a lot of his talking points about the disinformation dozen about domestic terrorism. Well, we talk about how they are spreading hate as we deconstruct one of their panel discussions that they recently did on online disinformation and what their strategy is moving forward. So check it out. It's really interesting stuff. That is rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And now on to the final story of the free 30. So we talked about some stuff that's maybe a little bit more hopeful than what we're seeing on the news right now. And this doesn't get widely reported as much as it should, but there's a musical theater company and it's been around for a long time. It's not, it's a nonprofit. It's 
sells a lot of tickets, makes a lot of money. I don't know what it does with the money because it's nonprofit, but <laughs> it has shut its doors or it's it's canceled its entire fall season. And the reason it canceled its entire fall schedule is because after announcing this past Friday that the theater goers who come to see shows would have to prove they've either been vaccinated or tested negative for COVID, the refund requests started rolling in. So many refund requests that the theater company has refunded $36,000 worth of tickets since last Friday. They ended up just canceling all of their shows. People saw those rules. They saw those protocols and they said they don't want to go. They're trying to do this after people sell tickets, too. We've noticed kind of that theme where they wait till after oh, they, season that tickets. Is absolutely in the memo somewhere, because that's what they did with the schools out here. The private schools announced the mandates after the public schools started. So wait, do you do you think that this is not going as well? Yeah, I think it's failing badly. We saw the Saints tickets have dropped to below one dollar on secondary sites after they tried to force people who were going to come to the game after selling the season tickets to get vaccinated. People, even if they're vaccinated, people don't like being told to show their papers. I think that they're starting to drive people who were on their side away by demanding the so people will choose to do something. But as soon as you start trying to force them to do something, you're going to lose even the people who had already chosen or who would might have chosen to simply by being an authoritarian, a totalitarianism. And I think that they're really turning off people who were on their side by trying to force this down people's throats like Bill Maher, some of those other people, he's been getting into some conflict on a show and maybe he's part of a messaging system that they're he's setting some ground for something. I don't know. But you're starting to see people in certain industries who have a little bit of pull stand up and push back. And not all of them are unvaccinated. A lot of them are unvaccinated. But that's not the only story like that that I have for you today. We had two NFL players today are trending on Twitter. They were because they are pushing back against the mandates. This is a Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie, who is a former Georgia, Georgia Bulldog. I will support him as a former <laughs> Georgia Bulldog, even though I'm a tech fan. I was going to say, like, that's not your thing. Well, here, I'm OK supporting him for this because he has been fined $14,650 by the NFL for refusal to wear a mask. This is a repeat offense. And I came across this because he tweeted today mocking it. He said, oh, no, they got me. You win, NFL. And then he tweeted he tweeted out the letter that they sent. And I'll put the link in the show notes. Wow. Go read it. It's really interesting the way the NFL tries to condemn them and talk down to them like they're children. And another one of his teammates also got fined. And they're not the only two this has happened to. It turns out the NFL has sent written warning letters to 120 players and they have fined 25 players for refusal to wear a mask and or refusal to wear the tracking device that tracks the distance they've been in between other players to analyze who might be at risk for getting COVID. They literally have tracking devices on the NFL players and the uh, players don't like it and they're finding the ones that do and they're threatening to suspend them for four games. I say do it. I dare yeah. them to suspend Let some of the better strike. players. They, they've strikes for less. Absolutely. And some Let of them, these players Let that are getting fined... Name. 
Take a they, knee, man, for right. civil rights. They're, they already have people who are not showing up to games because of the mandates they're trying to put in. If they start suspending some of the best players, that, I mean, you know, in the 90s, you go to a Bulls game to see Jordan. If Jordan's suspended, you're going, I don't want to go to the game now. I want to go see Jordan. So if you suspend the good players because they're standing up to your policies, you're, you're gonna, your attendance and people watch your games is going to plummet even worse. It's the good players you need to suspend or to need to, uh, to stand up because nobody cares about exactly. the scrubs. Exactly. That's why I feel so disappointed when I see people who really could stand up. And they capitulate. It's like, don't you understand? Like, if I stand, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I have nothing to stand up to. I don't go anywhere. But if if just one CEO of something in any kind of prominence, some privately owned company somewhere, would just stand up. But I was thinking about this. I thought I saw a uh, headline that said that Delta was fining their employees for not being vaccinated. And I thought, you know, that's wage discrimination. That's an apartheid. That's a caste system that is impoverishing people who don't accept your what is at this point a political ideology, because you go back and you look at that approval letter and they're they're going back like Robert Malone came out and was like, oh, it's two different things. BioNTech and Pfizer, you know, in the letter, it says that they are substantially the same but are legally distinct my guess is that community it looks like community is already available in europe and and that's the european brand name you know i don't know i really don't know i don't think that's ever going to matter i don't think this is really that they're saying like they can't mandate it because it's not approved like i don't even think that matters i think that's a red herring that whole yeah i totally agree but but there is but there is in the document what you should be focusing on is that that this is I believe this is what they call the phase four kind of live trial where they continue to study the drug after it's been released. And there are like seven, eight, nine things that they're looking at, particularly myocarditis and pericarditis, as well as the vaccine enhanced disease, respiratory disease, V.E.R.D.S., whatever it's called. I mean, which is what we all anticipated, what we think we're seeing. And and that's in their documents. So when they call you crazy for thinking that that could be it, you can just point to that stuff. And that's why it's unjustifiable to to give people lower wages for for making a choice that's totally based in the scientific the latest document we some people just simply share the concerns the FDA shares. Yeah, that made me think of the nurses. And that's that the approved one. Right. So they're firing nurses who aren't getting vaccinated in some areas. They're firing one of the people in an occupation where they desperately need people. They desperately need nurses, they tell us, yet they're firing them. Th- this whole plan of theirs is going to collapse. Back to the one, the musical really? theater one in Maine. This is in Maine. This is not exactly a, you know, conservative, Republican heavy area. Biden won Maine. People who go see musical theater aren't likely to lean right. They're more likely to lean left. And yeah. yet they're still getting those refunds. They're still saying, yeah. And the football players, there are football players who are some of the better players who are standing up, who are refusing to do this. They are going to have to be forced to suspend some of the better players in the NFL if they're going to go forward with that. And 
It's not working for them. And one more, Kanye West is not going to require people to get vaccinated, nor is he going to require them to show a negative COVID test at his next listening party for his new album, which is going to be at Soldier Field in Chicago. There's another big name who is signaling that he is not going to do it. So I think that their program of getting these vaccinations in is not going the way that they had hoped it would. Did you mention this thing about the White House? Did I miss that? Oh, the White House. So the White House, as of this month, employees at the White House, the CDC, the FDA, the World Health Organization, Pfizer, employees at Pfizer, employees at Moderna, and employees at Johnson & Johnson, they are not required to be vaccinated. <laughs> I was I just want to know I I was just wondering about like Klaus. I just want to know if Klaus got it. You know, that's all. I, but, you know, some of these people are true believers and they will like or they have the antidote. When I was reading about bioweapons, <laughs> yeah. there's an antidote usually like you could there's probably an antidote that you could take immediately after that would neutralize it. I'm telling you, did I tell you all the things that people when I was trying to look into it? It's probably worth. Well, we're running out of time. Let's do it in the page 15. But yeah. let me tell I'll tell people <clears throat> um, I was asking, like, if you had to get the vaccine, like, how could you prepare boost your immunity system, whatever immune system? And I got some very interesting responses from like some natural podcaster, natural health podcasters and stuff. I'll share with you after the, on the page. Awesome. 15. Fantastic. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com. Did you have a shout out? To all those people out there who are staying strong. Okay, I didn't know if you had a shout out or not. <laughs> That's it. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with a Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DNB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there. You can also find some deep dive video content on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to y'all next time or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.